Welcome to Rebel Radio, the place to be for emerging entrepreneurs who are hungry for impact and doing business their own way. I'm Cindy Van Arnhem, your rebellious leader for the healers and coaches willing to do what it takes to unlock their limitless potential through the power of self-mastery. The key to claiming your potential, trusting your wisdom, and creating infinite possibility in your world. I am so excited for today's conversation with Vince Warnock from Chasing the Insights. Thank you, Vince, for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> Absolutely. We always have great conversations. Oh, so, yeah. Vince, just tell us a little bit about who you are, your journey, what you do, those pieces. Okay, settle in. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm going to give you a whirlwind tour of my background because mm -hmm. uh, it does help to shape who I am now. But I originally, I actually go way back. I grew up in a uh, not very nice environment. Um, both me and my wife grew up in quite abusive backgrounds and things. But going forward, that's not the cool part of the story. Going forward, I trained as an electronics and computer engineer. Um, I always wanted to be the guy that made all the all the gadgets for James Bond and Batman and then discover that that's not actually a real thing and discover that electronics, although interesting is actually quite boring um so i um i kept, kept my journey going i ended up working in a number of places in labs um, designing incubators and plant growth chambers and things and discovered that the one thing i'm more passionate about than any of that is people um and it was when i was leading teams i was more interested in the teams themselves and than the work we were doing and that kind of led to doing some freelance work around web design because it was the early days of the internet yes i'm old um and <laughs> Uh, and then I was doing web design, which I really enjoyed, and, and looking at how people use the internet, how they use websites, how they use digital and things. It was fascinating to me. So kind of progressed. I changed careers and ended up working in radio as an announcer on one of our big radio stations here in New Zealand. Um, and and then pivoted and was doing marketing, digital marketing particularly, because that was that kind of convergence between technology and human behavior. Um, discovered I was really good at it and discovered I actually really like it. Uh, and then uh, fast forward, I was working in digital marketing for a number of years and then left it all behind to start my own company, uh, mm -hmm. which was a, a high growth tech startup called Common Ledger. And myself and another co-founder, and then we brought on board some more co-founders that we grew that for four years. It had a meteoric rise uh, and then we sold it off because uh, we were in very big danger of burning out. And mm -hmm. it was partic particularly myself, who was on the road all the time. It was an insane journey. Like I don't regret any of it because it was... I learned so much and the connections and the people and all those things that I learned through that time, um, I still have with me today, which is really important. But, uh, oh man, it was hard work. So we sold that off and then I ended up um, joining the team at Cigna, became the chief marketing officer at Cigna uh, until this year uh, where I made a big decision. So last year I published my first book and had really good reception to it. But interestingly, I kind of went through a bit of a spiral um, having published it where um, the self-doubt and imposter syndrome aspects kicked in hardcore and like gripped a hold of me. Um, mm -hmm. Someone said to me, uh, someone once told me, you'll never make an author, which is really good motivation to write a book, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but the other thing was somebody, yeah, exactly. It's like, hold my beer. <laughs> um, so, so that was a good motivation to do it, along with many other motivations. But, um, but the other thing was someone said, don't do a book launch because no one goes to book launches anymore. They're dead, you know, and I went, ha, I'm a marketer. Oh, this is, I'll prove you wrong. So held a book launch and it was amazing. I honestly, we had over a hundred people there in the small venue. 
Uh, we packed it out, and the response from people, we had people fly over there from Australia, and people coming from everywhere, and it was just amazing, like just a really good atmosphere, really supportive people. I talked through the journey of writing the book and why it was important to me, um, the people that had impacted me, and in my mind, I had prepared for something, because I knew that I was going to struggle with one aspect of the book launch, which was people were going to ask for signed copies of the book. And I'm going, hmm, okay, people want my autograph. I'm not a celebrity. I'm barely a good karaoke singer. Uh, nowhere near as good as you, Cindy. Uh, so, so I thought, right. Uh, I, but I could rationalize this in my head because I thought, if I go to a book launch, that's exactly what I want, right? I would want mm-hmm. a signed copy because it's my way of supporting the author. And also, it's just really cool. You're yeah. like, I was at this event. I got this. This is awesome. So I'm like, I can handle this. This is cool. I'm Okay. Um, so I got there and I even bought a new pen and I was signing books and, like, ha, 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 and handing them to people, freaking out that I accidentally wrote their name wrong, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but every one of them said something along the lines when I gave them a book of, oh, thanks for that, I can't wait to read it. And that's when my stomach started knotting up and I started freaking out and going, what am I doing? Like, hold on. And that night, I'm a high extrovert. I should have, I should have been so energized and alive. But that night, my brain just went nuts on me, and I had all these internal monologues just saying to me, "Oh man, they're all going to think you're a fraud, and they're all going to think, what right do you have to write a book? Who do you think you are? What an arrogant prick, you know?" Um, and and also, they're going to read it and go, "What an amateur!" And it was just this, these voices playing tricks on me, and mm-hmm. so I made a decision at that point. I didn't want to talk about the book anymore. You know, for a couple of weeks at least, and and the one thing I do regret about this process, by the way, is I turned down two really big um, pre, uh, media interviews. So CIO magazine over here and a digital marketing magazine in the US wanted to interview me and do a big spread on the book. So I was like, oh, sorry guys, I'm really busy. Mm. Um, so it was wasn't till about two weeks later where one of my mentors called me up and and he never calls out of the blue. He just called me up and said, hey, how's the book launch going? And I was like. Oh yeah, really good. And you know, the, he asked me the numbers, and I told him. He said, "Oh, that's really good." And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "But I haven't seen you talk about it out there." And I went, "Oh, I'm really busy. I'm just relying on word of mouth." He goes, "Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah, sure." Uh, and, Bullshit. And he, yeah, exactly. And he, he called me on it, which was amazing. And and he told me the process he goes through. He's a, he's a multiple author. He's had many books. They're all bestsellers. And he talked me through the process every time we put a book out there, even though he's got all the evidence to show that he is a success, that people want his books, people get a lot from his books, but he still went through all of this doubt and and he re- basically read my mail. You know, he was going, this is what I go through and it was exactly what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. So I realized I had an issue and I realized, and I knew I'd always suffer from imposter syndrome, but this was, this was quite self-destructive. So I had to change and mm-hmm. I started talking about this more and more. And the more people I talked to, the more real I realized, A, I'm not alone. And B, so many people didn't realize that they could talk about it as well. And it had quite a big impact. So I decided that's it. I need to write my next book and it's going to be, it's called Anti-Perfect. It's the whole concept of stop putting too much pressure on yourself. Stop yes. the internal monologues. Actually understanding how the brain works, like the whole concept of thinking and observing brain and you get to choose how to react to these things and so many different techniques that I was learning through that process mm-hmm. that helped me to kind of rewrite my own internal uh, operating system, basically, my brain's operating Absolutely. system. Yeah, so so that was the plan. And of course, I was chief marketing officer at Cigna and we had just merged with another big brand. We were bringing them in, we had all these different things and I had no time I couldn't even write. Um, I was working ridiculous hours uh, and ended up getting pneumonia um, through the latter part of last year where I was on the road for a few weeks just traveling around seeing advisors. 
and thought I had the flu, came back and realized I'd had pneumonia for three weeks, which uh, is not healthy, apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, my doctor called me a moron. I pay him well. Um, <laughs> so, but it was, it was all of these things kind of converging, this pull or this this that like um, this calling really to write this book and to go, mm -hmm. I need to get this out of me because it's burning away in me and I people need to hear this. I need to hear this. I'm writing a book for me, you know. So I made the hard but easy decision to leave a ridiculously well-paying job um, and and go it alone. So mm -hmm. I took, over, over Christmas, I talked to my CEO and uh, she was incredibly supportive. They're an amazing team there and just said, look, this is what I want to do. And we were trying to look at alternatives, but it just didn't work. And I thought, look, I need to make a clean break. I need to focus on writing this book. So I did it in February. And um, since then, I've realized that I get bored so insanely quickly. So I'm now writing two books. I'm writing Anti-Perfect and another book. I've launched my podcast, which, um, by the way, have had some amazing speakers, including you. And it's one of our most popular episodes. So uh, that was uh, a fun episode. I love that. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, oh, the censored, uncensored cut is going to be nuts. Nah. <laughs> But look, and since then, I've just been launching different things and, and helping businesses and helping entrepreneurs to uh, to be empowered with marketing and to understand mm -hmm. what they're doing. And it's just been insanely fulfilling. So I thought I was leaving Signa to write a book. Um, now I'm building a little mini empire and helping a lot of I people. I love so, it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So good. So obviously, this has been a journey of self-mastery for you. A hundred percent, yeah. So oftentimes, when I think of self-mastery, it's like the definition of success. What the heck does it even mean, right? So I feel like everybody has a different different definition. Yeah. What is self-mastery to you? Self-mastery is... Oh man, there's so many different things going on in my brain right now. I want to get out of here, but I, I more want to say what it isn't, um, okay. because there's this perception that um, it's like this concept of fearless, right? Uh, I talk about fearless a lot, where people think fearless means being without fear. So people think that self mastery means you've got everything sorted, uh, but that's nowhere near the truth. It's the complete opposite. Again, it's, the anti perfect, right? Yeah, exactly. But it, it is about understanding who you are. Mm -hmm. accepting who you are which is actually a big part of that for me is our understanding and liking myself and mm -hmm. or then you know um flaws and all actually accepting me because i am an awesome yes. individual and i impact a lot of people even with all of my flaws um yes. so it's understanding that and then the mastery aspect of it is just doing it anyway right mm -hmm. no matter how much you know self-doubt and imposter syndrome plagues my brain and you know i call it the thorn in my side because it actually does help me to motivate other people but instead of letting that um, kind of self-sabotage me and letting that kind of distract me, I'm going, you know what? Screw you. Yes, I see you there. Mm -hmm. I acknowledge that you're there. And yes, you're telling me all of these things. I don't accept those. But instead, you're just reminding me of why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm helping so many people. Um, so that's the, that to me is self-mastery. It's that ability yeah. to understand deeply who you are, accept who you are, and just do it anyway. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And just going and doing it anyway and just kind of putting the monkey yeah. mind aside and it's, it's okay that you think that i'm going to yep. accept that but yeah, yeah. we're not listening to you today yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, i've started to learn to get really cheeky with it as well because you know self-doubt self-doubt kicks in i go oh, i see you there i see what you're so doing cute. You cheeky little bugger yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh oh, i love I just it go, you're adorable. You're a moron, but you're adorable. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, my God. So here at Rebel Radio, we are passionate about activating wealth 
for entrepreneurs. Yes. Wealth is another word that is like either triggering or people, we don't really know what it means. <laughs> what does wealth mean to you? Uh, oh man, this has been a journey for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I grew up in poverty. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, I come from New Zealand, so people don't usually associate this with poverty. But um, but New Zealand has a massive undercurrent here of child poverty, and um, you know, we we have the clean, green, beautiful aspect of New Zealand that everyone sees, but they don't see the underside of that, which is actually quite destructive and quite mm -hmm. horrible. And and I grew up in that thinking that was normal. I grew up thinking that it was normal to struggle to pay bills, to not be able to feed the kids, to have to send your kids down to a uh, shop to steal things from the back so that we could actually eat for the night, those kind of things. Mm, yeah. uh, we used to think these kind of things were normal. Um, so I had to go on a journey of realizing this isn't normal. Um, and then I had to go on a journey of realizing that money has purpose and wealth has purpose. And mm -hmm. the thing that thing for me and Leanne, uh, my wife, um, we both kind of went through a really similar journey around this as well, because neither of us come from, you know, we both come from poverty. But, um, but we had to learn that you can't impact people without wealth. Well, you can, but you, it's so much easier to impact yeah. people with wealth. And for two reasons. One, because it enables you to do so much more. Like for me, wealth means I can focus on what I need to focus on without that anxiety or stress of how we're going to pay bills or how we're going to feed kids, all those kind of things as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the other aspect to it is I want to be an example to other people. And I've got two kids. My daughter's 23, my son's 17. Uh, I one of the most important things when they were growing up, I wanted to teach them that they're not beholden to a job, to an income, you know, um, to a salary and things, that they can always create their own wealth somewhere else. So mm -hmm. both the kids have had their own business since they were little. Um, Jarvis, nice. the 17 year old, he's just closed out. He's just finished a big deal there uh, for a website. Uh, he does website design. Mm -hmm. And they were so impressed with his work, they actually ended up paying almost, almost double, which was crazy. Oh, um, I love he's, that. He's sitting there bright red in this meeting. I, I, he asked me to join in the meeting because I, I do some of the technical aspect for him. He, he contracts me to do it. Um, and I'm sitting there, and so I can't participate. I'm just sitting there in the background watching, but they were asking him to go on stage at their AGM and present oh. the website. And he's going, bright red just going wow. <laughs> oh, I love that high, high introvert going you want me on stage oh I think I might be busy um, <laughs> but I wanted to teach them that but I also wanted to set an example for them they they need to see me um, living this and doing mm -hmm. this and creating wealth there so that yeah. they know that there are healthy ways to view wealth and that they can generate that themselves so and, and for the people I mentor I want them to see what success looks like it's yeah. as simple as that I want, I want everyone to have wealth, like everybody. I want yes. everyone to have access to not just the necessities of life, but the things that they want as well, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. We've got goosebumps as you're talking about this. We just want everybody to be wealthy. We do, we do, <laughs> genuinely. I, I just, because yes. uh, I've been through that stress. Uh, when we were first married, man, we we would, uh, we, we went to the supermarket. We needed some, or we wanted some drink, right? Mm -hmm. So we wanted, we wanted a, a Diet Coke, bottle of Diet Coke, because we were really thirsty. But we would wander around the supermarket looking on the ground to see if there's any money there so we could afford a bottle of Diet Coke. And all these things would happen to us. Like we walked through town and one of my sisters was dealing with alcohol addiction and we got her to come and stay with us. And um, we wanted to take her to the movies, but of course we couldn't afford that. And we're walking along and we see this pile of money on the ground. And I'm not joking, it is the exact amount of money for the three of us to go to the movies. I almost cried. I looked at it and went, what is going on? Like, this is mm -hmm. this is insane, you know? And even down to one of my co-founders, um, and hopefully he doesn't see this because he's going to get embarrassed, but we were walking along and he said something. I said to him, look, we've never had to worry about this kind of thing. I said, because 
I'm a firm believer if you do good things, good things happen to you. And I said, and things always have a way of working out for me in the end. Like seriously, even mm -hmm. when we're at our lowest, we could just walk along the street and, and I was about to say to him, and we would find money on the ground. I looked down and no joke, there was a $50 note on the ground. And I went, and I went, oh. And I bent down, I picked it up. Now on the inside, by the way, I'm I'm freaking out. I'm doing flips and go, oh my goodness, the timing on this, this is crazy. Externally though, I'm going, exactly like this. And See? he's standing there going, what? And I go, come on, I'll shout your lunch. And he was just like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, I love how the universe yeah. works like that. It's I such know, a, it's so amazing. Yeah. 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 So along your entrepreneurial journey, I imagine you've come off along quite a few of your own truths. Yeah. What's one truth that you would want to share with all of our entrepreneur listeners? One truth, uh, one truth I want to share with everybody is um, their story matters. Yes. Like, um, I, it's, it was a hard thing that I had to accept in myself was that everything I had gone through, and it was actually, it was uh, um, a guy, I, I think, I was, I was trying to remember the exact situation of this, but I remember sitting with this guy going, okay, um, hang on, I'm muting something in the background here, it's, getting, it's annoying me. There we go. Um, so I, I was sitting with this guy and I was having a bit of a pity party about my upbringing and about what I've had to go through in my life. And uh, like a lot of it's really horrific and things, but I think he got to the point, I, I always picture him as being this super supportive, amazing guy, but I suddenly realized one day, I think he was just really peed off of me having a pity party all the time. Because he turned <laughs> around and he said, you do realize that everything you've gone through counts for something. Yes. Like, what? And he goes, everything you've gone through, the good and the bad, the challenging and the horrific and everything has helped to shape you into who you are today. Mm -hmm. and I happen to think you're really awesome. And I was like, yeah, I, I am. And yeah, no matter what, I wouldn't wish any of that stuff on anyone, but yeah. it is a part of me. And mm -hmm. the negative stuff has actually helped me to be highly empathetic towards other people. Like the amount of yeah. people that both Leanne and I get to help because we know what it's like to have gone through that. So mm -hmm. we know what it's like to have no money and to be walking around the supermarket looking for you know, loose change on the ground to get be able to buy a drink, you know. We know yeah. what it's like to be stressing, um, you know, and trying to hide from the landlords because you can't pay the rent, uh, all those scary things, yeah. Yeah, I so, love that. And it's so true. I mean, even my own story with drug addiction too, right? I could yeah. spend the rest of my life regretting it or I can bring it along because it's made me who I am today. Yeah. And it's so and important. You're awesome, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's so important because we can then look at the people that we want to support and we can see pieces of our old selves in them and yeah. reach out a hand and say, grab my hand. I that's know the way through, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So if you could share anything with our audience about current events, what would you share? Oh, you're going to get through this. Uh, <laughs> like right? The, yeah. The world's chaos and it's mess. And uh -huh. you know what? Uh, it, it's a funny thing of... Um, I had to learn this as well through my life is uh, the concept of perspective mm -hmm. because uh, I got really annoyed one day. This was um, the not so nice version of Vince. I got annoyed <laughs> one day at some friends of ours who were going through a hard time and I'm looking going, what? That is not a hard time. Uh, they, I think they'd had an argument in their marriage or something and they were like, oh, they don't understand me. And he's going, oh, she doesn't understand me. And I'm going, <laughs> you guys are idiots. Um, and I was just getting really frustrated with them because I'm going, you haven't had to deal with, you know, um, having to help people through drug addiction and alcohol addiction and suicide mm -hmm. and having to lose all your friends. You've dealt, you've been such so sheltered, and then you think that this this is the end, you know, like this is the most devastating thing you've ever had. And then I I suddenly realised what I was doing there and 
realize that actually for them that was the most devastating thing they've ever dealt with mm -hmm. and it doesn't and i can't deny them what they're going through because that is really difficult for them but then i realize no matter what i've gone through in my life which is horrendous my wife's gone through worse but no mm -hmm. matter what she's gone through other people have gone through worse and the funny thing is they've gone through it and all of us at each of those points think this is the most devastating thing like a lot of people for this year will be thinking this is the worst year in history i don't know how i'm going to cope i can't pay bills i've been laid off i'm, I'm worried about getting sick i'm worried about dying i'm worried all these things and the world's in turmoil but you know what we are stronger than you think you are you're a yeah. lot stronger than you think you are and people have gone through way worse who thought that they couldn't and have come out the other side and you guys will as well um, absolutely so, yeah absolutely we're survivors and we're thrivers right definitely definitely yeah. human beings are, are the most amazing things like honestly right we're um, so resilient Oh, dearly. And, and and entrepreneurs as well i i'm i'm a, i get really gushy about entrepreneurs i i, I genuinely think it's a really high calling um and i yeah. think the world needs more entrepreneurs i mean they're the backbone of the economy for starters right they're also they're, they're also people who create something out of nothing Mm -hmm. right? and, and and even and uh, i still I, I love dealing with entrepreneurs who have this whole mindset where they go oh yeah but i'm just one of many or i'm you know i'm just creating a business that other people have and I go, ah that's bollocks and mm -hmm. you know why because you're the only you and there are people out there that will only get breakthrough because of what you bring to the table and you can't deny them that i think that is fantastic and it's just such a such a responsibility but it's just such a powerful thing to be able to impact people ah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to get you, really gushy. Yeah. <laughs> you are the only you. That is so good. Yep, so good. Yep, yep. And quite grateful that I'm the only me. I'd be exhausting right. to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It'd be pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. Vince, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. As always, it's a pleasure having you, having a conversation with you and yep. diving a little bit down the rabbit hole. But as always, with Rebel Radio, we ask one last question. Yeah. What do you dream of for the world? I, okay, I dream of a world where, um, and it's one aspect of many, but I, I dream of a world where people become really curious. Mm. And by that, I mean that people, instead of just making assumptions or judging people on their actions or judging people because they're different from them, that they actually genuinely get this like burning curiosity to understand more about other people. Because yes. curiosity is the one thing I think that just will cut through, it'll cut through racism, sexism, uh, any kind of bigotry, any kind of anger. It's the thing that will break all of the political divides that we've got now is if people get genuinely curious about why people are acting the way they are and why they believe what they believe in things. And I, um, if we're still got time, I've got one little story mm -hmm. to share, which yeah, was um, probably one of the most pivotal moments uh, in my life uh, at college. So. I grew up in an abusive environment and um, school for me was such a happy place uh, because it was a place where I escaped the reality of life and I could learn and learn and learn and I was just such a learner. Um, and then I got to what we call in New Zealand intermediate, uh, which is age 11 and 12. It's like a transition school between our primary and uh, what you guys would call high school, we call college. Mm -hmm. um, so, but at age 11, I discovered this other thing, which was a bully and I'm like, oh wow, so at home, bully. <laughs> at school bully no safe place nothing mm. um, so for two years it was hell it was like just non-stop torment and then we went to go to uh, college so your vision of high school and um and i went to a different one from him so my bully got transferred to a place called Pororo college i went to mana college 
So I was free of that. And I'm like, oh, finally. But I was determined at that point I wasn't going to be a victim anymore. I'm like, I'm sick of this. So I learned to fight. I learned, I threw myself into martial arts and boxing and, um, and just trained every day. And then at age 17, it was one of those moments straight out of a movie where my bully got transferred to our school. <laughs> And I'm like, of course, oh, there's that universe goodness. again. I know, but I'm just going, oh, this is the moment where the week rises. And I'm like, yeah, and he walked past and I, I yelled his name and I yelled some expletives just to make him kind of want to turn around and take a swing at me. And he did, he, predictably, he turned around, struts over, takes a swing, nothing, <laughs> takes another swing, <laughs> and I laid him out. And he was out cold on the ground. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this is the moment I've been preparing for is I'm no longer the victim, I'm now the victor. But I felt terrible mm. and genuinely terrible. And I'm like, what just happened? Why do I feel so bad? And you fast forward, I'm sitting in the deputy principal's office and he asked me a question I didn't think he would. Like, I thought he was going to go, oh, yeah, you know, Vince, blah, blah. I had to go there because he was fighting and that's what you did. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy was a bully, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yep, do you know why he's been transferred here? And I said, no. And I was trying to be all staunch, no, don't care. And he goes, you should <laughs> care. And he said, he's been transferred here because he grew up with abuse. His oh. father was so abusive that he used to beat him and his sister and his mum every day for most of their lives. Mm-hmm. The reason he's transferred here is the father beat the mother so badly that she passed away. So these two children oh. actually witnessed their mum get murdered in front of them. Um, <sighs> and, and now they've gone to live with an auntie and uncle and he's been transferred here. And I went, oh, I didn't know that. And he goes, no. But he goes, but of all the people I thought would understand that, he goes, I thought it would be you. And I had this realization that I was actually the villain in this story. I wasn't the hero. It wasn't one of those movies. It was, I was actually the guy that had the opportunity to try and understand this person, to get curious about him, mm-hmm. to actually know, think, why is he a bully? Why is he acting this way? I mean, it's not nice what he did to me that's at all, but he didn't have the coping mechanisms that yeah. I did growing up in that environment. And all he needed was one person to actually reach out to him. And it just... It changed my perspective forever. Um, So I genuinely think even people that, there are people that I can't stand and there are people that um, irritate me and it's usually because they're abusive towards other people. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I'm very aware I need to be curious about that. I need to understand why they do what they do. And I think if the world did that, and my dream is that the world would get insanely curious, overly curious, we would learn so much. Mm. Um, But it would also help to be there for other people, which I think is important. So absolutely, that curiosity gives us the ability to be empathetic towards anybody's, anybody's perspective on what's going on, because we don't know what's going on. Exactly. And towards ourselves as well, which I think is really important. We talk about self mastery. Curiosity is a big part of that as well. You need to understand why you think the way you do. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Vince. It's as always a pleasure. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Honestly, when you said, hey, can you be on the podcast? I'm like, a chance to hang out with Cindy? Uh, Are you nuts? Of course I'm saying yes to that. (laughs) Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I'm just surprised we didn't have singing. That's the only disappointment we should know. (laughs) Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time. Awesome. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Rebel Radio. If you feel so inspired or you think that this can help somebody else land into a sense of self-mastery so that they can understand their own limitless power as well, please share this out, point them in the right direction, and help out another beautiful soul. I will see you next week.